Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How are you doing this week? You know what? Honestly, not too bad this week. Really? Pretty good week. I right. uh, Well, everybody in New York starting, well, everybody 16 and over is eligible to get a vaccine. I just booked my appointment today. Yes, I am officially eligible because I'm famously 16 years old. I'm so excited to schedule and get jabbed right in the arm. So looking forward to that. That and weed recreationally legal in New York City. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And... I think my meds are working. I think they've kicked in. Fantastic. All the way around. Vaccine appointments, legal weed. I also, I was saying this during my live show last night, which my mom attended, and I don't know why I decided to share this, that I took some, like, pretty solid photos of my ass. Wow. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> that will r- remain pretty much just for me, but it's it's nice to know that the option is there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the goods have been secured. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yes. Spring has sprung, and so have these cheeks. Am Ooh. I right? <laughs> we got... Weed. We got vaccines. We got ass. We got meds. And we got merch coming out today. You can go get merch. Unhappy Hour merch. We got a fun little logo. Sweatshirt. Socks. Hat. Shirt. All of it. Get the whole package. You'll be Winnie the Poohing in your Unhappy Hour merch all summer long. I can't wait. We'll have info in the show notes tweet at us instagram us you in our gorgeous merch it's beautiful i'm so happy this day has finally arrived yeah you can absolutely take the map lsi picture which is legs out that's it (laughs) (laughs) basically my only criteria was that we could not sell anything that would cover my thighs 
Mm-hmm. And we met that. We met that goal. Anyway, what is happening on today's episode? Well, I'm glad you asked, everybody, because we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into all of the things that I am not looking forward to when the world opens back up. Because, yes, I've complained a lot about life in core. We sure have. But I contain complaining multitudes. I can have a list of things I hate about pandemic life and a list of things that I hate about post-pandemic life. And today, you'll hear that list. I'm just saying we're getting ready to go back out in the world and uh, maybe I've grown accustomed to this hermetic lifestyle. I don't know. And finally, we've got Brandon Kyle Goodman on the pod. Brandon is a writer, actor. He hosts the podcast Black Folks. We get into Waking Up Early, Desserts, Bethany Frankel, so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's shout about the worst news of the week. First, police who were stumped by the theft of a rare pine tree Ooh, last stumped. year. Nice pun. I see what you did. That was uh, from the Associated Press, so I can't okay. take credit for that. All right. Uh, so basically, here's what happened. Last November... Uh, A tree was stolen from the University of Wisconsin Arboretum. I'm always fascinated by the idea of a zoo for trees. (laughs) It just feels like we have, they're everywhere. Why do you need a special like cage that says, here's this special tree and let, we'll put a little, (laughs) we'll put a little, you know, plaque nearby that explains it and then charge people to come in and look at nature. Fuck off. Get out of here with your arboretums. I love arboretums. Anyway, so uh, this very rare pine tree was a 25-foot Algonquin Pillar Swiss mountain pine. (laughs) Whoa, that's a sick name. (laughs) Was stolen from the arboretum uh, last year, and it was like a mystery. People woke up, and they were like, what the fuck happened to this tree? Who would steal a tree from an arboretum? (laughs) And it's like, okay, you're at the University of Wisconsin. (laughs) Obviously, the answer is frat boys right some (laughs) drunk uh fraternity bros and it turns out now several months later that was exactly what happened yep that that tracks (laughs) acting on a tip uh the police i love the idea of a tip because it means someone ratted them out someone (laughs) was harboring this information it was eating them alive crime and punishment style they felt the body of the tree under the floorboards and they decided to call in this tip anonymously and the police were like, just as we thought, trash. Uh, it was some 19-year-old university stu- students who were doing it as part of a pledge activity for uh, the former Chi Phi fraternity, which hasn't been recognized as an official student organization since 2015. Oh my God, just like stop <laughs> doing stuff. Like find other community. Yeah, I remember my roommate uh, joined a frat. They did like their version of hazing and he played it up like, yeah, they beat the shit out of me. And someone else was like, they just like push you around like a little bit, (laughs) Uh, which is fucked either way. But mostly I just love that he was selling it as like they beat the shit out of me. And it was like, no, they didn't. Okay, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) If anyone 
tries to push me around, I won't want to hang out with them. I, right. That's, I, that's, that's all thing. I have to say. What kind <laughs> of abusiveness is like, we're going to push you around so that we are ultimately come closer together. <laughs> also, like, let's go steal a tree. Yeah, let's steal a rare tree from the Arboretum. That'll show them. Was it at least around Christmas? Mm, I guess they said it, it was in November. They probably were doing this as like, what we're gonna get the sickest fucking Christmas tree, bro? Santa's gonna bring us the biggest gifts. Exactly, that was exactly what they said. Um, so yeah, uh, police said they acted on a tip and that three students admitted to purchasing a chainsaw, renting a U-Haul, and stealing the tree. <laughs> So after learning about how rare the tree was and that the police were investigating them, the students apparently destroyed the tree and disposed of it outside of the city, <laughs> according to uh, university police. So it was literally a, a crime and punishment situation. It was weighing on them so much that they were like, we have to dismember the body and get rid of the evidence. <laughs> oh, awful. How about you just don't steal trees? Okay. Yeah. Steal from corporations like a normal person. Amen. Next, shoppers at a Costco in Anchorage, Alaska. That was the craziest part about the Cold War to me when I lived through it was that Alaska and <laughs> Russia are like right next to one another. I really didn't fully understand it until this year when I looked on a map and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. You could swim it. If the czar wanted to walk right in, he could have. If mm -hmm. Rasputin had said, time to invade Alaska, he could have. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I forget about Alaska a lot. <laughs> anyway, shoppers at a Costco in Anchorage say that they are being repeatedly robbed of their groceries by a flock of very skillful ravens. What? Motherfucking ravens. I... I get ravens and crows confused a lot. I don't really know the difference. They're just like giant blackbirds that terrify me. I'm just going to kind of lump them in together. I'm sure they appreciate that. I think they're they're like crows in that they like remember shit. Yeah, which I don't know why you're trying to make an enemy of them when the whole story is that they can rob you. Well, I hope that they don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I imagine that all ravens exclusively listen to like alt-right just crazy conspiracy theory laden. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. Because they're stealing just raw ribs. <laughs> that sounds like the diet of uh, someone who is wearing a tinfoil hat and screaming about pedophiles and pizza basements. Mm -hmm. So one man said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of this Costco in Anchorage when uh, a bunch of ravens swooped in and stole a giant short rib from his cart. It, it measured four inches by seven inches, which is Damn. like pretty giant piece of meat for yeah. just a bird to swoop in and grab and fly away with. Yeah. Here's what I want to know from any bird scientists out there. How the fuck are they? Aren't they supposed to be like so light their bones are hollow and that's how they fly. And yet they can carry these big uh, amounts of weight to quote Matt Bellasite, Make that make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And also as someone who and I know I talked about this on the pod not that long ago, but who was kind of recently 
I wouldn't say attacked by an owl, but definitely swooped near me. Okay. It is very scary to have a bird swoop near you. So you were just outside and a bird flew and Okay, an owl swooped and it was trying to eat our dogs, but yes. Any bird bigger than a peep, a marshmallow Mm. peep, is Mm -hmm. satanic. Okay. Yeah, scary, for sure. For sure. You belong in the fiery depths of hell next to a twerking Lil Nas X, okay? (laughs) Um This man said he literally took 10 steps away, turned around, and two ravens had come down and uh, grabbed a short rib out of his (laughs) packet of short ribs and then ripped it off and flew away with it. He said, they know what they're doing. It's not their first time. They're very fat, so I think they've got a whole system here. (laughs) You heard it here first. Thickness means intelligence. That's the scientific correlation. This has been Science with Matt. That's what the media is not telling you. They want us to feel bad about our bodies. Turns out, bigger bodies mean you know your shit. So, yeah, other people started sharing their own encounters with ravens on Facebook at this particular Costco. Um, One uh, shopper said that one had stolen an entire steak. Uh, Another shopper said the ravens are, quote, calculating, and they hover uh, around people as they're putting away their groceries. I guess I knew that they ate meat, but there's something about going for like a full steak and like a full slab of ribs that just feels very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't love the idea of a bird eating something that we would get from like a Texas roadhouse. Yeah, I don't, no. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Stick to seeds and like worms. Yeah, just like crow. It's like they never forget a face. Mm-hmm. They hold grudges. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They identify, oh, this food is edible because I've seen it on the ground. And now I know what to steal from this grocery cart. Yeah. So think about that when you litter. You're teaching the birds what is food. And then they're going to come back and fuck you up. And finally, a man in Michigan was arrested by police after giving them a false name which turned out to be the name of an actual person wanted on an outstanding warrant. Oh, the luck. The luck this guy has. All the names in all the world. Just, yeah, a police officer asks you your name and you're like, "Uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, (laughs) suspicious. Very suspicious, sir. So, yeah, uh, I guess troopers, um, they spotted this vehicle parked on the shoulder of a highway Uh, And there was like a woman in the driver's seat and a man in the passenger seat. And they turned on their emergency lights and authorities say that the man like ducked. So they were like, "Okay, some shady shit's going on. (laughs) And then the troopers asked him for his name. He gave them a fake one. The police like ran the name. (laughs) And it turns out whoever name it was had an arrest warrant outstanding. So troopers arrested the man on the outstanding warrant. And then during a subsequent search, they found a bunch of methamphetamine in his pants um, Uh, and a scale and some small baggies and cash on him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm seeing where this is going. It it was truly horrible luck. Unless it was like a friend of his. And that was just the first thing he thought of and then realized (laughs) his mistake. Yeah. And then when they booked him into jail, they found out that he actually had more meth on him and was trying to smuggle it into uh, into jail, I guess. (laughs) 
He's a businessman. Really just like a snowball effect here. Mm -hmm. This is the equivalent of like standing up from the toilet with your pants around your ankle, tripping and then falling into your own like shit and vomit. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, On that beautiful image, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode by my vicious podcast editors who decide that everything I say is not beautiful and precious enough to include in this episode then guess what i will be putting up the video of those bonus stories on my patreon patreon.com slash matt uh next we're diving deep in what shit i won't take after getting vaccinated deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive Deep tide, deep tide, deep tide. All right. So good news in the world, I suppose. Vaccines are are happening. The evil is being defeated. We're getting closer and closer to uh, the world reopening and and returning back to normal. Uh, But here's the thing, right? Do we really want everything to get back to normal? Because, I mean, basically for the past year, I've only had to deal with my own shit, which is its own kind of hell that that I'm not doing a great job at. But at least I've only had to worry about me. Now I got to start worrying about other people's shit again. And I'm not ready. So today I thought we'd dive deep into all the things I am not looking forward to getting back to in the post-pandemic world. Because really, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that other people are disgusting and terrible and the worst. And I'm not ready. First, I am not looking forward to being sweaty in a crowd again. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Being in a crowd? Fine. Eh. Whatever. But being sweaty in a crowd? Kill me. I hate being sweaty at any point in time, whether I'm alone or in a crowd. But being in a crowd, it's just like you're that much more aware of the sweat that you are producing. And the idea that like if someone accidentally bumps up next to you and they are sweaty and then you're too sweats, it's like a little slippery. It's like I want to throw up. Being sweaty is one of my uh, greatest discomforts in life. Absolutely. And also, I used to be like aggressively self-conscious of how uh, sweaty I would get, especially in public. Mm -hmm. I have like a, a, a sense memory of being at a gay bar and someone being like, are you okay? (laughs) No. (laughs) Cause I was just sweating. And someone who knew me was like, yeah, he, that just happens. (laughs) But also it was because I was wearing like pants, a flannel shirt, probably Spanx underneath it. Yep. 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 My diet was pretty horrible. I I was drinking like 17 coffees a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Some of that has changed. Yeah. But now that we're getting ready to go back out into like a club and and places like not a club, I'm not about to go clubbing per se. Um, But being out in those types of scenarios, I'm not ready to be sweaty in public again. No. I need to really get a, a handle on it. Next Awkward small talk at parties with people that I only kind of know, okay? I don't want to answer the what do you do for a living question ever again in my life. Nobody should have to answer that. Mm -mm. 
also the like, oh, oh, how do you how do you two know each other? That question. Yeah. Or like, how long have you lived in New York? Those are all those are like the go to questions. And what the answer is none of your business, none of your business and none of your goddamn business. What would you yeah. rather someone ask you? I don't know. <laughs> I have. No, I'd rather they not ask me anything. <laughs> I. Yeah, I thought about that, actually. You just go in with a compliment. You just want someone to come up to you and be like, I like your shirt and then go from there. Yeah. Famously, I require applause Mm -hmm. and validation and constant reinforcement and affirmation. So I would actually I wouldn't mind just kind of whatever the opposite of a roast is. Mm -hmm. I would like that to be. Sure. The opening remark. uh, Anybody meeting me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm so out of practice right now in in the art of small talk that I don't even remember like what it was like talking to people just casually (laughs) who I just met. Even on some of the dating apps, it's like I don't like literally don't even remember what to ask people. It's just like, I don't know. How are you alive? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) How, How are you staying not? murderous (laughs) i just hate all small talk not looking forward to getting back to uh that kind of awkward oh what what did you do this weekend got you got any fun plans coming up did you do do anything fun with the fam (laughs) next not looking forward to trying to get a bartender's attention again i forgot the utter humiliation of waiting at the end of a crowded bar while a bunch of people hotter than you manage to cram through the crowd and get the attention of the bartender uh, so that he makes them drinks before he even acknowledges me. I don't understand how like any Midwestern bars exist because to me, that's just like the exact situation that a Midwesterner fails of like trying to like step, step in. I feel like it's just kind of like, I'm, oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, excuse me. I'm just trying to get to the, I, oh, but like when everyone is trying to do that, like how does anything get done? I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. So then I just have to stand there and do absolutely nothing but look like a fool. (laughs) that's why the only bars that I like really enjoyed being at is one where I get a seat (laughs) and then two where (laughs) a person comes up and asks me what I want and then they deliver it to you aka waiter right I think a restaurant (laughs) right ideally there's also food involved and um, (laughs) you know a dessert situation and I can just look at a menu you're at your own table and so there's no one else around you exactly that's what I've been looking for Mm -hmm. in my life (laughs) It's really true. Why aren't all bars restaurants? They're just like, we're going to... It's because they want to cram more people in there. Yeah. Sickening. It's disgusting. I'm just saying, why aren't bars employing like a deli counter system? That would work much better for me. I want a tiny wheel full of numbered tickets. And that's how I get... And now I'll give you the biggest tip there is. The tip of the stick. (laughs) Yeah, we all saw it coming. Right, exactly. Okay, next... I'm not interested in any more casual, unspecific coffee meetups without a clear purpose. The, hey, can we meet up for a quick coffee? No! (laughs) What favor are you going to ask me for? Just get it out. Save us both the trouble. I hate that. Uh, Oh, let's, let's grab a coffee this week. Are you free? No. Either we're getting married or you're, or you're dead to me. (laughs) 
No. Uh, I'm also not looking forward to that thing where I arrive to a restaurant or bar uh, before the person that I'm supposed to be meeting. And I have to like awkwardly wait outside because I don't like going in by myself. Mm hmm. Well, because most that. of the time the host is going to be like, um, not until your whole party shows up. So it's like, why? Even right, bother? right. Maybe that is one thing I can pledge that I will get better at is when I get somewhere, if they let you, I'll go in and get my table and sit there by myself until the other person arrives. Wow. That's gross. Oh, I also forgot about just the fear of being late to stuff. Oh, Yeah. My therapist was like, you know, we could start meeting up in a park. And I was like, honestly, I think that is just I'll be late every single time. And I think we should just stick to phones. At yeah, this point. I just that the fear of jumping into a cab or getting on the subway and having to like rush to get somewhere that pit in my stomach, knowing that I'm running like 20 minutes late and there's no way I can possibly catch up. Somehow you're in like the one part of the city that isn't getting any signal and you can't tell the people that you're going to be right, late. Right, right. No, none of that has been necessary or at all a part of our lives. And I don't want it again. Some might say you could just be on time, but those people are fucked and they are our enemies. You get your perfection out of here. Anyway, next, let us never return to a time where we are just kind of all dipping into the same bowl of nuts on the table, all sort of, you know, oh, let's just double dip into this giant vat of guacamole. How about not, actually? How about everybody gets their own individual? Oh, here's here's what I'll say. I'm a fan of no double dipping, but also not a fan of the, like, I put out plates in a spoon. You can, you can, you know, take a spoonful of guacamole and put it on your, your plate. What you should be doing as the host is giving everyone individual little cups of the guacamole. Exactly. Disposable plastic cups. Give the people what we all want. Fill the landfill. Similarly, the I like I know that Jim's always offered the the idea of wiping down equipment, but like maybe one person a day would actually wipe down their equipment after they left. I hope that after this. No one touches anything in a gym without spraying it down a million times. The idea that we ever didn't do that is disgusting to me. Yeah, I I still there are people. So I've been going to the gym in my building and it's very like you have to sign up for a spot and they make you fill out like the survey and they only let like a, a handful of people in every like two hour block. All of the all of the things. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But even there's this one girl who's now my sworn enemy. <laughs> I do. I am looking forward to having like arch nemeses again. That's what I'll. Uh, yeah, that's right. really I'm, refreshing. I'm someone who's motivated by a rivalry and she is now yeah. my sworn enemy. It's just to me, it gets back to that general idea of not not being aware that you are sharing a space with other people. Yeah. Like you do whatever the fuck you want in your own apartment. I know this is the building gym and maybe you feel like it's it's yours alone, but like you're sharing this with other other people in this space. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. Wipe down mm-hmm. the goddamn equipment and don't stand next to me. Similarly, being on an airplane again, the one thing that I'm least looking forward to is a return to uh, using the seat back tray tables. Hmm. Famously, they are the most disgusting part of the airplane. I think like 
there are studies that's like the this surface of this tray table is more disgusting than the bottom of the toilet. <laughs> that's an exaggeration, but not far off. I mean, it's a pillow to some. It's a plate to others. It's a diaper you know, changing a table can... for parents. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. And at the very least in the last year, everyone's been masked up and, uh, you know, all of your disgusting face germs aren't spewing openly all over this tray table. Um, and all of the airlines have been taking extra steps to sanitize everything. But still, I'm like, we need to just wrench those things out of an airplane. That was truly just a disgusting poop tube that you're flying in. And finally, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is having to put on my fucking pants every single day. Okay, I just want to get out of this and say, unfortunately for everybody else, my thighs have simply evolved beyond the need for pants. You're just going to have to get used to the fact that these loins will be loose from now on because they cannot be contained anymore. Fuck society's expectation that I should rein myself in thigh-wise. We're going asshole out in 2021, okay? Post-fax worlds, get ready. Because it's pantsless summer. That's what I'm calling it. A Winnie the Pooh summer. A Donald Duck summer. Woo! And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Brandon Kyle Goodman on the pod right after this commercial break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
All right. Well, my guest complainer today is Brandon Kyle Goodman. Uh, you know him as a writer on Big Mouth, Andy in Modern Love, host of the podcast Black Folks. Welcome, Brandon. Hi. How are you? Great. So I'm on the East Coast. You're on the West Coast. Before yes. we hit record, I was like, I'm so sorry for making you get up so early. And you have already <laughs> done way more with your day than I have. Yeah. Three hours yes. ahead. Yes, I like to wake up two hours before I'm supposed to be anywhere. And I, I read a little bit. I meditate a little bit. I make my breakfast. Because I don't like to rush into anything. I like to feel like... You know what I'm saying? Like, like ease into it. It's a lube. It's a little lube. Yeah. Morning lube. You lubricate your morning. Uh, <laughs> yes. I I do relate to that, though. I mean, I, uh, yeah, if I have somewhere to be, I can't like roll out of bed five minutes before. It's like, no, I need at least an hour and a half of me doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. That is the one thing I miss about going to like brunch with uh, with people or lunch is that like, is that meal that I have to myself before I go out to eat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the pregame meal, the pre-brunch yes. meal. <laughs> I love it. my favorite. <laughs> so you don't show up hungry because the worst is showing up to brunch and then you got to wait. At least in New York, that was the thing. You always had to wait like an hour. Well, I guess yeah. now you have open table or reservations, but right, back right. in the old days. <laughs> in the before times. We've been, in the before times. We've been in this long enough that, yeah, there is a clear before <laughs> and after. Uh, well, we like to get started by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Yes, I love this question, and I think this is going to be controversial for some people, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, cake, cupcakes specifically. Uh, I I'm clutching don't my get pearls. It. <laughs> Wait, cupcakes specifically? Is that what you said? Specific, cupcakes are like even more annoying because at least like with a whole cake, I'm like, oh, it feels like you put a lot of energy. Where's the cupcakes? <laughs> I'm like, wow, that seems like a waste of time, honey. You know what? Okay, I want to tread carefully here because you can okay. come on here and, and you know, <laughs> say whatever you want and leave. And I have to deal with my audience every single week. So I yeah. need to be careful about what I agree with. Sure. But I will say cupcakes do seem like more effort than they're worth. Yeah. Just because like the frosting to cake ratio is always a little off. Yeah. You can't get like everything in one bite. Frosted. Yeah, no, I'm not here for that. Yeah, it. there was that moment in like 2012 where like Pinterest first came on to the scene and everyone was cutting their cupcake in half and putting the bottom and on putting the top. It on top. I was like, why? <laughs> just get a sandwich. Get out of here. Right. What are you doing? So you're just assembling your own layer cake that is available <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> yes, just get a slice of cake and call it a day. Exactly. But you, you are anti-cake. In all its forms. The textures of it just, it doesn't hit. It doesn't do what it does. Like I see people eat cake and I see like euphoria and ecstasy in their eyes. And <laughs> for me, I'm like, what? what's going on there? I, I really have no response. Do you have like a sweet tooth at all? I have a um, the smallest sweet tooth, but if I do, it's usually a chocolate chip cookie, which is my uh, favorite. Classic, right? And then I love, I do love a pie. Little Pie Company. I grew up in New York. Little Pie Company uh, was like my jam, the sour cream apple pie. Um, but everything else, I, 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 I will controversially say I don't like chocolate either. Isn't that oh wild? my I like god! A, I know who am I? Your <laughs> listeners are going to ban me from your show. I love a chocolate chip cookie, but if it's like chocolate ice cream or 
like just like a fudge. I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I want know. Joy. I you hate are, joy. That's that's what. <laughs> impossible to categorize you. You just defy. Know. You know, it's just you know what you like, and I, I respect do. That. I like a French fry. I like. I like. Okay. You know, I like. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try to throw in it crowd pleasers. Just uh, just to make us happy. <laughs> I like a pizza. You know. I like. I like. I like a salt and a savory. I just, sure. The sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. You're being so nice and respectful. <laughs> 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 During the recording of this podcast, um, I I have such a like people pleasing personality that I tend to agree <laughs> with almost everything that everybody hates. So whenever I'm confronted with one that's like, oh, this one's going to be a hard pill to swallow for me, <laughs> you know, it throws me off and I have to reorient. Well, that's why I'm here to throw you off your game, spice things up a little bit. <laughs> I'm great. That is what I need. Uh, how is your pandemic going? It's going. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, we're still we still in it. Um, you know, I think there are ups and downs. I don't know about you, but like it feels like there are moments where you're like, I, I got this. I could do this. I'm I'm, I'm rewatching Scandal. I love this for me. <laughs> yeah. And then there are moments where you're like, Olivia Pope, okay, enough, girl. Like <laughs> I need something else. So it goes up and down, up and down. Uh-huh. I said to my husband, I was like, I'm bored. I feel like I'm 10 years old being like, I'm bored, but I really am. Yeah, boredom has been the prevailing emotion. Is it an emotion? A state of being. A state uh, of being, sure. Yeah. I, which is crazy because it feels like I still have so much to do, uh, but I'm just sick of it. I don't know. I just like miss, I do it all. I don't know about you. I do it all from here. Like every meeting is from this spot. And then right. when I'm done, I go to the couch right over there and I watch Scandal and I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's my life right now. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I mean, a big thing for me is I, I moved apartments now like five months ago and I, I have like an office space that is separate from my living room space. Ugh, so, I envy you. <laughs> that Ugh. was a big change mid-pandemic to to have a wall between where I sit and do work and where Ugh. I sit and watch TV. My thighs are quivering. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds like I'm wet. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If any if any um boys are listening, I just I just <laughs> want you to know I have a wall separating my desk. From my couch. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are all shaking. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing, like, but that I've seen a lot of people express of like you at the end of the day, you shut off one screen to go sit and look at another screen. So any variety right now, I'll take. <laughs> Anything. Like my husband walks the dog usually, and I've been walking the dog in the morning, and it's like such a welcome change. I'm like, oh, outside look how fun this is <laughs> i think the past couple of weeks my like ovaries my like biological need to have a dog has been the strongest it might be that urge of okay we're gonna have a baby to save the marriage kind of thing <laughs> I'm like, yes do i really want a dog or <laughs> is this just you know pandemic depression talking i think it, i think it might be the latter but also <laughs> if you are to get a dog it's the perfect time because you're home yeah i actually uh we already had the dog so i ended up buying a whole bunch of plants i'm now taking care of and bethany frankel who is my fig uh -huh. very skinny i know we're in a podcast but actually oh she's gorgeous She's having those skinny girl margaritas. Bethany doesn't drink a lot. My fig. I don't know about 
the real Bethany, but <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing that gif of of Bethany Frankel lifting up the the water and her hand is shaking like crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> my dream is to be on the Real Housewives. <laughs> my dream is to like be able to be a gif shaking and being extra dramatic. Yeah, uh, what a dream! I know you keep up with the Housewives. Absolutely. I used to watch all of Atlanta, all of New York. Those were the two that I was invested in, and now it's been so long that I feel like they've all died and been replaced by new people and I'm like afraid to go back because I'm like at what point do we need to put them out of their misery (laughs) (laughs) well they're all on cameo and I love that and so I was about to buy somebody a cameo with Sonia Morgan and it's like $99 and I was like I appreciate that (laughs) Bethany is $400 for a cameo really Bethany's on some shit that I'm like girl get it together $400 (laughs) Not me. (laughs) You can watch the show. Shut up. Get out of my face. But $99, beautiful. Yeah, that's a sweet spot. I feel like the ladies, they like know what they're there to do. Yeah. They get what this is and there's no like pretense or bouginess about it. It's like we're messy and that's what we do. Right. I have been rewatching Sex in the City oh, because yes. social life has not really been a thing or like nightlife. Those minor celebrities in New York are like, it's the housewives. That is, they are, they are Carrie Bradshaw now. They are. Wow. They really are. That being said, I would fully read like a Ramona sex column if she wanted to give me tips. Oh, Jesus. That's a beautiful pitch. I don't know why Ramona hasn't gotten a spinoff. I would follow Ramona around. Like, she doesn't need those girls. Like, <laughs> Ramona needs her own show. But she does She does terrify me in a very real, oh, like, yeah. check under the bed kind of way. Oh, absolutely. She is the person that you know will betray you. You know will cut you up, <laughs> put you somewhere, and they'll never find you again. Absolutely. That is her energy. <laughs> but we love that. On the flip side of that, what has been bringing you joy lately? You know what comes to mind is on Instagram, I've been doing on Mondays, Messy Mondays, where people tell me things that are messy in their lives. Okay. And I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun to like, I don't know, with the pandemic and with like the racial reckoning, uh, a lot of sadness has been around, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I've also been talking a lot about my black experience and the queer experience and kind of dredging up some not fun memories to kind of unpack and talk about this thing that we're all going through. Um, and so like, I've been trying to find joy and, uh, you know, sometimes it comes from watching Living Single or Scandal, but then recently with this Messy Mondays and like people just like sharing things that make us flawed, is really a beautiful thing to me. It's my version of Brene Brown, which is like, you know, in order to not feel shame, you got to share somebody, your shame with somebody else, and then y'all don't feel shame. And so I love Messy Mondays because I feel like we're all like, yeah, these are the things we're ashamed of. What the fuck ever. And it's fun. Have there been any particular favorites lately? I had expressed a theory about dick sizes and how you can tell somebody's dick size, which is by looking at their (laughs) thumb. Uh (laughs) And you could tell the girth and the length if you look at their thumb. And that has kind of taken off and everyone had questions and and then people were testing the theory and for the most part, accurate. (laughs) Uh, Which I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I've been doing this forever. Um, And then we've been having lots of conversations about floor mattress dick. You know, Mm -hmm. like you meet a guy and they have a floor mattress. Don't pass up that. (laughs) Good D. Don't marry him, but like. (laughs) Right, right. 
the blood is not in the place that is teaching you how to put together a bed no, frame. No, Do yeah, you know no. what I mean? <laughs> it's in the baby making place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That being said, get your goddamn mattress off the floor. I'm just saying. Sure. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm happy for your giant dick, but <laughs> <laughs> I am happy for it. I'm happy to receive it, but please get a frame. Yes, I agree. But I'm just saying, if you go on a date, you go home and they have a floor mattress, don't walk away because it's on the floor. You know, you might, it might be the best night of your life. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, transitioning to Big Mouth. So you're in the midst of writing season five, six, six. six. Well, season five hasn't come out yet, but we're we're a year and a half ahead. Okay. So we finished season five like right when the pandemic hit, uh, Mm -hmm. or like we were in the middle when the pandemic hit, Um, and now we're working on season six which is exciting and wild that the show has been going on so long. I know. It feels like it just came out and yet we're on season. Yes. Getting ready for that. I I feel like the show is reliving all of these in a funny way, like traumatic puberty moments Mm -hmm. in a way that I even watching, I'm like, I'm deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> it is invoking a very real, you know, all of the times that we're like, I never want to remember this ever again. Yes. So what is it like remembering those moments? Do, do you enjoy reliving the traumas of puberty? Uh, I mean, for the most <laughs> part, it's very funny. I mean, the room is filled with hilarious people. So most of the times when we share our stories, you know, it's it's funny. And people, we know how to like, you know, put the comedy into it. But then right. there are those times where, you know, in order to get to the heart of uh, a character or what they're experiencing, there is some pain. You know, last season we saw, you know, Missy uh, wrestling or navigating what race is and what her blackness means. We saw mm-hmm. Matthew come out to his mother. And so there, those are definitely painful moments that we talk about. But I will say that what Andrew, Nick, Jen, and Mark have done so well is created a group of writers who really it's a safe space. Like you really feel safe with everyone. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's traumatic. I think all those moments that you didn't process as a kid, right? Cause I think what, what I always say is like puberty is this, this time that happened and then you, it informs so much of who you become as an adult, but yet we never kind of go back and revisit those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to revisit those moments and unpack them, you're like, Oh Wow. I have some shit around that still <laughs> like, Oh, that's why I'm this way. Oh, that's, you know, you just start to find all these, these trigger points. Right. Right. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to compress down my puberty moments, put them in a tiny little box, bury them down deep inside uh-huh. of me. And we'll just kind of leave that unwrapped until, uh, you know, it, yeah. it explodes or <laughs> I, yeah, I love that you said we'll leave it unwrapped. I was like, girl, you need to wrap that up. If you're going right, to do that, exactly. wrap it up. Yeah. Use tape, do the tape all the way around the box. Yes. Not just yes. At the Get seams. that good duct tape and really <laughs> lock it in. Yeah. That is one, one time of my life that I'm like, you know what? There's no, there's, we just don't have to do we don't that. Have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to ask also about your podcast. Yes, please. Black folks, 
it started as a, like an Instagram series. Yeah, we started it over this summer as an Instagram series that I was posting on um, Tom Ellis's page. And then we turned it into a podcast like in September or October uh, over at Starburns. And so it comes out every Wednesday. Um, and each episode is just me having a conversation one-on-one with a different black person about our experiences and really highlighting, you know, how being black has shaped those experiences. Um, and it was like a different kind of, you know, in terms of everyone doing their anti-racism work, um, I thought it was, I know that we talk a lot about being an ally or you know, what the books to read or whatever. But I also think it's extremely important to immerse yourself in the experiences of people who don't identify as you do mm-hmm. um, and to and to experience it without your hands in it, right? So, like, if a white person is in the room, black people are going to talk different. And so it was really important to me to create this space where we as black people can just talk as we are and then people can listen and, and hopefully a black person listening can see themselves in the the nuances of our stories and a white person listening hopefully hears something that they probably missed mm-hmm. all these years. Right. I mean, maybe this is just the way that my brain is capable of taking things in lately, but like a podcast in particular and hearing people have a, a like an active conversation, it's been resonating far more than sitting down and reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> Which is mostly just my brain right now. It's an absolute <laughs> concrete wall. Like everything sure. is bouncing right <laughs> off of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's nice to sit and listen to two people have like a real conversation. And yeah, I don't know if it feels like that in the experience of putting together the podcast. Yeah, it's like, you know, I think what it does is it humanizes people. And and also you get to tackle these really big things. You know, I ask what I call like an, a black folks question, which is usually a question that I feel like all of us have experienced in some way or another, but have different versions of it. So it's like, you know, when's the first time you were followed in a store or when's the first time you felt beautiful or who's the most influential black woman? And it's just been, you know, I could be so tired um, after a day and then I have a record and I get so much energy because there's something really healing about just having that active conversation with somebody, somebody who you don't have to explain everything to. Like there's a there's mm-hmm. a shared understanding of what it is to be in this world as black or in this world as queer or in this world as black and queer. Um, and so I hope that when people listen to it, they they get the same healing and rejuvenation and and energy from it. I love it. We uh, have a segment on our show called Do Better White People, um, <laughs> but where we like highlight yes. some, some kind of specific action that people can take every every week. I don't know if you have any anything specific besides, of course, going and subscribing and listening to your podcast oh, uh, sure. every week. And Black Folks is spelled F-O-L-X. Um, I, I usually talk about lanes of action, which is political interpersonal and interpersonal and kind of thinking about what you can do in each of those buckets. And so, you know, just really broadly, political is, you know, what's going on in our government? What's going on in your community? Mm -hmm. Are there places you can be donating or volunteering? For interpersonal, I think that's reading. I think that's engaging. I think that's, you know, if you are somebody who only watches, you know, Friends and Seinfeld, like maybe (laughs) check out Insecure, (laughs) Lovecraft Country, you know, like expand what you're exposing yourself to and, and, and immerse yourself in, in the words and the work, not just the 
trauma work of it, but yeah. the joyous work. And the you know, there are plenty of black comedians out here and uh, and black artists who are doing uh, things that are rooted in joy. So Im- immerse yourself in that as well. And the interpersonal is really being cognizant about how you are relating to. Um, people cross racially, you know, like if you see somebody at a grocery store and a black person is being, um, you know, stopped at the cashier, do you ignore it and assume that they're wrong or do you stand and use your privilege and wait and make sure everything goes okay? You know, like what are the ways just, I always say like start at home, what are the books and the movies and the TV shows that you're watching at home? How are you, um, what are you telling your kids? And then go to the neighborhood, what's happening in around the corner. And then take it to the state. And then take it to, you know, like people get overwhelmed because they try to do too many things at once. Mm-hmm. And I would rather you do one thing really well than try and do 15,000 things and burn yourself out. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, This is going to be a wild 180, but um, because we're almost out of time. um, So there was another item on your list of things that you hate that everybody else loves that I want to I want to end on. Oh, wow. Wow. wow, wow. (laughs) Another another perhaps controversial one. I feel like I I feel like I started off and your audience was against me because (laughs) of my cake. I feel like I got them back on my side. And now you're like, when we're ending, like you built up too much goodwill. (laughs) And I was like, we have to destroy it before we say goodbye. Yes, um, red wine is the thing. You really I, are just stabbing us right in the heart with this one. I, I, I listen. I like rosé and I like a white wine. But okay, red okay. wine. I we. I, it's just. It never sits right. It, <laughs> it never. It burns. It. It puts me to sleep. It's thick. It. it I just. I don't like the texture, man. I don't like nothing about red wine. I try. <laughs> uh, every time I sip it. Every time, uh, just like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. used to be uh, one of those people who was like, I don't get when anybody says, oh, this particular like tequila makes me take my shirt off. And like, you know, gin, gin makes me feel like dizzy or, you know, whatever. It was just I'm just like alcohol is alcohol. It makes me feel one way. And now I'm like, if I have this specific type of red wine, I will cry at this specific movie. Like, yes, that yes. is I, in the span of a year. My my entire body has changed the way it processes alcohol. My tolerance is way up. <laughs> Mine is way down. Mine oh, is really? like, I have one sip and I'm like, okay, I'm wasted. And I won't remember <laughs> anything. Yeah. And um, <laughs> red wine is one of those that um, is firmly in the danger zone for me. Every time I've had it, I do definitely fall asleep like 10 minutes later. Right. Like, it's like, like instant hangover. Yeah. You're blacked out already. Yeah. But I feel good. like if I were to ever like, you know, if I ever wanted to be like a wine connoisseur, you got to like, you got to love a red, <laughs> you know, the wine community loves a red. Like that's like, that's classy. You know, my rosé is such trash and that's okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I remember I was at like a business dinner in LA back when, you know, that was legal to go when out that was to a dinner. Thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this was a while ago, but it was like the host, a hostess like sent over like very, nice bottle of red wine and I tasted I was like I just this this could be five dollar wine like it tastes <laughs> I don't 
I don't really know the difference between like a good a good wine or a bad wine. And everybody yeah. at the table was like, keep your fucking mouth shut. Like this is very nice of them. <laughs> Smile and drink it because this is a good bottle. I love of the idea that you took that sip and you were about to broadcast to the restaurant. <laughs> well, I don't get this. Why I should be fun? <laughs> Matt, shut up! <laughs> it was very nice of them. Right. What basically what I'm saying is I have zero manners and uh, I had to be publicly scolded to behave myself. Uh, yeah. It. So it's probably good that I've had the last year to reflect on that moment. <laughs> a lot of introspection. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, on that note, where uh, can people find you and your work? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I am on TikTok, but I, I, I'm, I just be creeping on TikTok. I don't, I don't post Sure, anything. right. But it's all Brandon K. Good. Amazing. And on Tom Ellis's Instagram, too. Yes, and on Tom <laughs> Official I went on Ellis. his and I was like, if I had a, a straight friend who was that hot and just loved me and posted me all the time, right? I'd be saying good relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Everybody go subscribe and listen and, and all of those great things. Thank you again. Uh, thank you so much. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we could take to make the world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? This week, I wanted to highlight a podcast that I think is really helpful and insightful and um, just good to listen to. It is technically produced by pineapple and meteor and pineapple also produces this podcast but i'm not i'm not shouting it out just because it's a pineapple show um it's called undistracted and it's hosted by Brittany packnett and it's like a black feminist view of the news uh and it's just really great it's got amazing guests and i think it's just a really interesting helpful way to listen to the news uh from a perspective that's maybe not your own amazing so that is my resource this week awesome let's get into the tv we're watching this week barry what you've been watching i started watching the mandalorian i know i'm oh. late on that a nerd <laughs> i what just a fucking I've, nerd i know well the reason i started <laughs> watching it is because i've been listening to fellowship of the ring and i was like i want to watch something that's like epic and like fantastical kind of or maybe more sci-fi but that I haven't seen before. I don't want to like rewatch Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh, you know what? Mandalorian. Also, I had no idea Amy Sedaris was in it until yeah. like a month ago. And the, when someone told me that, I was like, oh my God, I need to watch it right now. So yeah, I'm I'm like three episodes in and it's exactly what I wanted to be watching. So it's it's a joy. What about you? What what's uh what are you watching this week? Honestly, yeah, I haven't really watched anything that new this week. The the latest season of of the pottery showdown just hit HBO max here. Ooh. So um, I will be binging all of that. What's your non TV chaser. My non TV chaser this week is something we watched together and uh -huh. that is bad trip. Yes. Bad trip, which is a movie with Eric Andre, Lil Rel Howery and Tiffany Haddish. It's a prank movie, but like, I think the best way to describe it is it's like, what if what happens in a movie actually happened in real life and how would people react to it? Right. And it's 
fucking brilliant. <laughs> it is truly an incredible piece of filmmaking. And like Cinema. our our jaws were on the floor. I would like look over at you and you were just like full mouth open the entire time. Just out of like shock, awe, disbelief, and also laughing so hard. <laughs> like yeah, oh my god. It was just like yeah, I was also thinking of how to describe it. And it is like, what if they filmed a movie, but all the background actors were just real people who didn't know what was happening yes. <laughs> or, and didn't know that they were on camera and that a movie was taking place. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give too much away, but just know that like, yes, there is a musical number and yes, there is like a dream sequence. <laughs> I forgot sequence. about the musical number. There's a musical, like it is, it is so... It seems like and I know it took a really long time for them to make it. And it seems like just it would have been so hard to make, but so glad they did. Yeah, I saw Alana Glazer posted a, an Instagram saying like everyone should go watch it. And she said seven years of work. And I don't know. I mean, because he had been like, you know, he had come up with the idea a long time ago and they were trying to figure out like how it could work and how it would happen. But uh -huh. they filmed it in 2017 and they like oh. filmed it over a long period of time. They like had to rely on people's reactions to actually move the plot forward. Right. Like that is insane. <laughs> They had to like use random people's reactions as exposition. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Also, without giving anything away, I mean, we could. I think we we hit it. But like, there's that scene. There's a scene where he sits down and talks to like an old man, and it's that scene in like any kind of movie where it's like the wise elder gives advice. That's like you should do this thing. But they had just had to keep filming until they like got that reaction just naturally from a random person and who happened did. to be amazing. Oh my god, I loved it. Bad trip. It's hilarious. It's insane and ridiculous, and it brought me so much joy this week, um, especially watching with you and Alex. I wish I wish we would have been able to see it in a theater because I think it would have been a crazy movie to watch in a crowd. Yeah. But that's I'm, true. I didn't even think about, but, oh about yeah. that. Oh yeah. But I'm so glad we were able to watch it. Same. Also suggest being in, uh, slightly intoxicated for it, if that's yeah. your thing. Hey, weed is legal now. Right. What's your non-chibi chaser? My chaser this week, I've said in the past that I am a slut for water. <laughs> and uh, that continues to be true. I bought one of these giant water bottles. I'll just, for the listeners, wow. slosh it around. Look at this. Listen to this sound effect work. It is much, much larger than your head. <laughs> it is. It fits an entire gallon, really over a gallon. It fits like an entire four liters. And the goal is to drink one entire gallon of water every day. Wow. I did it yesterday. I was up urinating almost the entire night. <laughs> so I need to plan that out a little bit better. I also drank during my show that I did. I drank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that I think was why. But... Um, I, I do as much as I enjoy water, um, I often forget to drink enough of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, I have noticed at least in the past couple of days that like, yeah, it turns out when I chug a bunch of water to my desperately dehydrated body, it makes me feel better. <laughs> so, uh, and the fact that I'm like drinking copious amounts of coffee that's dehydrating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, drink your water. 
watch Bad Trip, do all of the things. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you get video of bonus Worst Things First stories cut from this week's episode, video of the extended guest complainer interview, and a bunch of other fun stuff. Obviously, also head to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford Angwin, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Let's all go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies.